Hey fans, just a quick reminder that the entire world of sports is in your pocket, just one tap away. With the ESPN app, one tap puts you courtside at the NBA playoffs and keeps you covered with the entire 30 for 30 library exclusively on ESPN+. We're talking sports anytime, anywhere, on your phone or the big screen. Hey, you can even be listening to this podcast on the app right now. So if you're looking for personalized alerts, scores, and legendary moments, there's only one thing you need, the ESPN app. Download the ESPN app now. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. It is Friday morning. It's uh, 1 a.m. Eastern. Tim Bontemps is joining me from Boston. Uh, we just got finished covering the game six between Bucks and Nets. As much as it was covering from uh, from our homes, that's where we are. Absolutely and, uh, nothing to talk about this week. No, nothing to talk about. Joining us from Dallas, having to wait for us, having to wait for us to finish, which is appropriate because I think we've had to wait for him to finish games uh, before in this playoffs, is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. There's more people banned from uh, the Mavericks club <laughs> now than there used to be. You know, you're not alone, McMahon. <laughs> well, uh, I would say one banned, one uh, decided to pack up his stuff and, and leave before any banning could occur. Yeah, um, so we've obviously had a huge week of NBA um, uh, stuff. Uh, you know, did Durant have the uh, the 49 and 48 minutes? Was that Tuesday night? So, Tuesday yes. night. And it didn't even dominate the news cycle for 12 hours. Right, so Zach Lowe is all freaked out, and we did an emergency podcast. And, you know, if you listen to that podcast, you could hear how excited Zach was. Um, it was the information on that was was obsolete. I mean, we had to, we would have had to have done an emergency to the emergency to the emergency. <laughs> um, yes. We have to have a live stream. And it was just maybe the best playoff performance I've ever seen. And yeah, it was me obsolete too. Within twelve hours, it was incredible. Yeah, incredible. So, all right, well, let's start because McMahon, we have you um, with the uh, with the Mavericks. Um, so the. Was let me just ask you real quick. Was this a disappointing season for the Mavericks? Um, yes, but not drastically so. It was a turbulent season, but yeah, they didn't take the next step in terms of winning a playoff series. But you know, they moved up a couple spots. They dug out of an early hole. They finished strong in the regular season, so on and so forth. But it was not a an enjoyable season for the Mavericks, and there was always stuff. You know, the stuff that's come out this week had it was was lurking for sure. So let me ask about that. So, um, why is it such? Why is it such big news that a team that underachieved would change its general manager and coach? Uh, I'm not trying to be. Um... Well, I think it's sort of. I think it's sort of like the team here in Boston, right? When you have two people who have been in the jobs as long as Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle have, like Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge were in the jobs here, when you have changes, it's a pretty mm-hmm. monumental thing. Whether whether it's 
justified or it, expected but, or unexpected or not. It makes a makes a lot of weight. Okay, I agree with you on that. I agree. When, when Danny Ainge steps aside after twenty years, it's a big deal. But is it controversial? Well, look, this. I mean, I, here, the, let me just say what I'm. What I'm let me just. I'm not going to, I'm going to remove the barrier here. Is this controversial because there was a story in the athletic and then Cuban called the story BS on the record and then changes happened. If that story and Cuban hadn't said BS hadn't created that level of. Yes. It it would still, it would still be controversial. However, I will say this. uh, I think that story influenced Donnie Nelson being fired or, oh, I'm sorry, mutually agreeing to part ways. Um, the 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 Rick thing, when you have a cha- a coach who's won a championship and was, you know, by days third, uh, the third longest tenured coach in the NBA, and he resigns, that's, and he's, you know, when he has a 22-year-old, you know, potential face of the franchise on his roster, yeah, that's going to get attention. That is always going to get um a, a ton of attention and um you know and again reading the tea leaves there, there there's a couple things there number one i do think that rick realized just how hot his seat would be to start next season um you know I, i'm half kidding when i say i thought he'd be fired by christmas but he resigned by father's day instead um you know there's no doubt that if he'd have gone how into the season he's gonna seat, have another job was he gonna have another job well, by independence it, day that's number well, two. Might. I think that depends on. I think it depends on what he wants to do, really, because he's the number one coach on the market, in my opinion. Right, and so that's number two. I know Rick Carlisle very well. He's obviously an extremely intelligent man. He's a planner. He's a plotter. Uh, he's a pilot. Rick's plane. I love this has story. a. I love this it, it has a. It has a parachute. If he wants to hit a button, it has a parachute. Rick ain't Rick ain't going up in the air without a parachute. To my point, he sure as hell ain't jumping off the plane unless he knows he's got a real sturdy parachute. So my point is that, and read the statement Rick Rick gave to Woj. I'm looking forward, or I'm excited about the next chapter of my coaching career. He's got something lined up, and you know, let, there, there's two destinations that are heavily rumored. Um, the first you've met, just mentioned is is the Bucks, and if Bud goes, you know, Rick moved in there. Obviously, would allow him to immediately take over a, a championship contending team. The second one, and I've heard this from like four different places. Nobody directly involved, and and you know, nobody who is, uh, you know, not Rick or anybody especially close to Rick, but. There's a lot of smoke about a potential Rick Carlisle reunion with the Pacers. Right. So let me say a few things about Indiana. One, I know that Kevin Pritchard, their general manager, came out um, at the end of the season and gave a press conference and made it sound like his future was in some sort of doubt there. That is no longer the case. He has been assured he will be there. Um, I don't think he was really ever in danger. Um, Herb Simon, who is the owner of the team, is – extremely close to him they have extremely close relationship doesn't mean that they could make a change but um without going too far uh, i will say that kevin pritchard has been assured he's going to be there the second thing is that the pacers 
um, have made it known to people who are interested in that job that they are not going to hire. A, well, I mean, not be absolute here. They're not planning to hire a first time head coach. The um, first time yeah. head coach maneuver uh, did not go so well this last time around. Hell, they, they might not even be hiring a first time Pacers head coach. Well, there you go. So, um, but, you know, I don't know how much longer Kevin Pritchard wants to be in that job. So, you know, maybe Carlisle could have some, you know, more, say. more influence if he would to go that direction. That has definitely been something. And so this is one of those things like they're okay. And I don't mean to be cagey or whatever, but sometimes we hear about things that happen in the league and we are stunned by them. They come out of left field. We have right. no idea. For example, and I mean, Bond temps, I think, can attest to this, but Brad Stevens becoming the. Nobody knew Brad Stevens was going to be the president of the team. Right. Right. That was the thunder. Danny, there was, there was some, there was some discussion during the season right. about Danny Ainge might move on in a year. He might move on after the season. That, that was not a surprise. Brad Stevens replacing him and leaving coaching. That was a surprise. Okay. And so let me just say that for months, there has been discussion in the league about Rick Carlisle and, um, and Donnie Nelson uh, m- moving on or out of their roles or whatever that the timing of it, the exact day that it happened and the way that it went down was a surprise. Right. But there's been discussion and I will just say to you. Well, and yeah, and there's a reason that I'm asking Cuban, you know, 30 minutes after their season ends, Hey, is, is, is Rick coming back? Is well, Rick your coach next Rick, season? You at first you asked Rick, right? Uh, Mac Engel with the Star Telegram asked Rick. Rick said you might want to ask Cuban. Right, that was funny. <laughs> and that gave me that gave me an easy end to ask Cuban. <laughs> right. Um, and like I'll just I'll just be honest here. Are there other coaches and executives that there are discussions about that may be out? Yeah, there are. Does that mean that they actually will be? No, but you know this is you know this is our job. So you know. I'm. I was not surprised. See, this is the thing. I was not surprised at all that Donnie Nelson and Rick Carlisle were no longer with the Mavericks. Uh, I was again surprised at the circumstances. Um, but I understand if you're, if you're, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're just a, a fan that that did to catch you by surprise. So, um, I would assume. Uh, well, I, let me let me ask you two questions, um, mm-hmm. McMahon. Carlisle has two years or had two years left on his contract. Is that right? Yes. So if somebody wants to hire Rick Carlisle, be it a team that has an opening right now or doesn't have an opening or what have you, would they have to negotiate a deal with the Mavericks? Would would they hold him to that? No, I don't think they could. The Mavericks announced that uh, today that he stepped down. I, I, I'll put it like this. I think I mean, if I'll go anything, back to Stan Van Gundy stepped down. Yeah, with the with the uh, with the Heat back in the day, and before he got hired with the Ma- Magic, the Magic had to send a draft pick down to Miami. So. Uh, okay, that's a fair that's a fair point. I I'll just say then I've been given no indications that would be the case. Okay, um, I do think you know obviously it could factor into how much money Cuban owes Carlisle. Uh, although I don't even know, I don't even know that. Given that you know, Rick officially resigned. Um, and 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 look, I do think that uh, I'm very confident in saying the plan was for Rick Carlisle to go into next season as the Mavericks coach, and and he's the one who changed that plan. 
Um, but well, again, they said that Stan Van Gundy resigned from. They said, well, they didn't say resign. They said it was a mutual parting in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Stan was fired. He's going to get his money. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, the what they say and what it real, you know, is real is, is different, you know. So, um, so, but, but because it was Rick saying I'm stepping down, you know, the Mavericks should, you know, in theory, should still retain his his exclusivity. I mean, I, I wouldn't let him walk for free. I, I'd at least make him ask for it <laughs> or negotiate yeah. something. Um, but all right. So that's one question I have. The second question I have is, um, what, you know, this is a pretty damn important hire. I'm, I am not, uh, the least, I have no information otherwise, I'm not the least bit uh, concerned that Luca is not going to sign the um, yeah the max extension. So I'm not like I know that like um, there's this layer of oh my god, what does this mean for Luca's future? I mean, Luca's future is going to be in Dallas. Whether it's going to be a ten year future, whether it's going to be right, it's how long of a future, right? Right. Um, I'm not worried about him asking out right now or not signing. But what I will say is it's a pretty damn important two set of hires. So what do you right. think Cuban is thinking about this? Because I want to point something out. I don't think Cuban's ever hired a general manager. Yeah. And he's hired how many coaches? Uh, he's hired two. He inherited Don Nelson. Right. He hired Avery. And, Avery Bradley. And he hired Avery. Avery and, yeah. I don't think Avery Bradley's a candidate. I, I do expect <laughs> the Rockets to turn down his, uh, his team option, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, and then he hired Rick. And so this will be the third hire that he's made. Um, and as far as is the GM slash president of basketball operations, uh, inherited Nelly and then promoted his son, uh, Donnie Nelson. He's never um, a frontline executive. He never actually I made do, the hire. Yeah, I do joke that, well, Bob Volgaris was kind of frontline. <laughs> I guess he was firing from the back lines. Um, I do joke that Donnie was the secretary of basketball operations too often. Um, because Cuban was the one calling the shots and Donnie was just making the calls. Uh, so yeah, no, this is, and so, you know, the, the Mavericks Cuban has, uh, has hired this firm sportsology, um, that, you know, is the consultant firm that helps in a lot of the NBA GM searches. Uh, Michael Finley, the former Mavericks all-star, one of the ring with the Spurs has been, uh, the the VP there for several years now. He's he's the internal candidate. Um, you know, Dirk is serving in an unofficial consulting role during this process. He's he's among Cuban's advisory committee. Um, and then you know, we'll see. The question is 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 it going to be kind of status quo with Cuban calling all the shots, or is he going to be aggressive? hire somebody who is accomplished as a top basketball decision maker and, you know, swallow his pride and kind of get out of the way. That That's the question <laughs> with that. I don't think so. Well, that's, you know, I think that's, <laughs> you, you have the majority opinion. Um, and then he is, he's saying that they will make that hire first and then that guy will lead the coaching search. But there are three guys who, I expect to get serious consideration as, as candidates. One is the internal candidate. That's Jamal Mosley, who Luka Doncic is a, you know, 
really, really fond of the guy, really likes Jamal Mosley. He's the assistant who works with Luke on a regular basis. He's the guy who, when Rick had the false COVID positive in New York, Mosley filled in. And uh, after the game, I asked Luca, you know, what do you think about Mosley as a potential head coach? And uh, Luca's response in part was, uh, I think he can be the head coach for sure. Right. Was one I mean, like back, I mean, we all knew then that that Carlisle and Luca were a little sideways and that Carlisle could yes. be out in the short term. Again, none of us were like, oh, wait till the season ends. He's going to be gone or, or tomorrow. Right. But everybody saw that quote. And we're like, well, well and, and and I will say this English is like his, I don't know, fourth language, something like that. And so the I wasn't sure if it was an intentional the, an accidental the, a Freudian the. I think he, I, you know, I think he knows what he was saying. I, I, I'm not saying he didn't. Anyways, Luke. Jamal's also a guy. Jamal's also a guy, just to be clear, who's got a bunch of interest from teams around the league, too. It's not yes, like he's interviewed just Lucas guy. interviewed with New York, has interviewed with the Pelicans. Uh, players at every stop he's been at really like the guy, has been the Mavs defensive coordinator for the last several years. Anyways, that's the internal candidate. Jason Kidd, his name will come up. Uh, obviously, Dallas ties there. Whatever hard feelings from his uh, agree to sign with the Mavericks. No, no, no. I'm going to New York. Uh, departure have have smoothed over over the years. Um, and then Terry Stotts, who was an assistant under Rick when they won the championship, obviously just had a, I would say, o- an overall successful run with the Blazers. is a is a really good offensive mind uh, with, without the abrasive personality that uh, <laughs> that Rick had. Uh, I, I think he's another guy who's a, a you know. Uh, another potential candidate. Bontemps, this is a, you know, this is, this is to coach Luka Doncic. This is, you know, this is a real, this is a real thing. I mean, the, this guy's, you know, the future of the NBA and, um, you know, they are, they have their challenges. I mean, th- this is what we're talking about. I mean, there's seven jobs open. I'd like to tell you that we we spend time talking about the Orlando magic opening, but I'm sorry, we're not gonna, because, you know, that's, you know, down the list. Um, even the Washington Wizards, who have two st- superstar players on their team, you know, they're, it's not as important for the future of the league as Luca. And that's why um, this is pretty big. This is the number one job on the market right now, right? Well, yeah. I mean, there's two good jobs right now there's this job and the Boston job. And I would say Luca is a higher level guy than the two guys in Boston. So you'd rather have uh, this Dallas job. Um, but look, either way, however you want to weigh that, there's those two jobs and then there's all the other jobs, whether it's New Orleans or Washington or Orlando or Portland, Indiana, those jobs all have pretty serious flaws. Now, obviously we just saw the Bucks win game six. If the Bucks lose game seven and Mike Budenholzer gets sent packing, that becomes the number one job because that's got, you've got Giannis and you've got a team that should be title right. contender worthy right now, as opposed to the Mavs who have like you said, the future face of the league, arguably, but still have a lot of work to do. But to to Tim's point, as he laid this thing out, like the Mavericks have a lot of work to do. Like, yes, they're already on a bit of a time clock with Luka, you know, over the next few years. But even beyond that, like this team hasn't won a playoff series, if I'm correct, since they won the title, correct. right, in 10 years. Decade. Yep. So no playoff series victories in a decade. And they make the big swing for Chris Esporzingis. We've talked plenty about him on the pod. That hasn't exactly worked. They have a ton of cap space this summer that was supposed to be 
hey, we've got Luca, we've got Porzingis, and we're going to go get another Max guy. And there are no Max guys. So, mm, well, not Max, but there's at l- there's, well, there's good players. There's, there's good one, players there, available. I mean, you know, I don't think Kawhi's leaving his helicopter rides from San Diego to, I, to I mean, LA, but yeah. Let's just uh, assume Kawhi's on in the market. Like, look, there's guys like Kyle Lauer who are available. There's really good players who are available, but we were thinking a couple of years ago, Giannis. right? Giannis, Bradley Beal, Kawhi, like all these guys right. are going to be available this summer. And then it was like, hey, come play with Luca. You, we can have the next super team in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. That ain't happening this summer. So the Mavericks, like, yes, they've got Luca. They're in a great spot. It's an attractive job. But between, you know, some of the front office stuff and kind of what that's going to look like and how much control Cuban's going to have over things and, you know, the the roster not being of the caliber of these other teams atop the West, by the way, some of whom are very young and are going to keep getting better, it's not a sure thing you're going to walk in here and automatically be a championship contending team. Like there's a lot of work that's got to be done to get this team to to a level where you're going to have the infrastructure around Luca to be good enough to be, you know, the kind of team that you expect to be with a guy of his caliber on your squad. But there is immediate pressure to contend because also because of Luca. Yep. Right. And and because of the timeline, Wendy, that, that yep. you mentioned, where I do expect he signs a supermax. I mean, he's you know, he smiled and kind of said, You yeah, you you know what I'm thinking. Um, I expect that to be a five year deal with a player option. Uh, you know, if if Donovan Mitchell gets a player option in Utah, Jason Tatum gets a player option in Boston, <laughs> Luka Doncic will get a player option in Dallas. So, you know, last year of his rookie deal plus four, I think. Wendy, like you said, you get to three years out from now, two guaranteed years left on that deal. That's the timeline when Harden was able to force his way out of Houston. And I'm not saying it comes to that, but I'm just saying like you have to approach things with an awareness that by that point, you need to be able to have Luca firmly believe, yes, we've got a situation where I have a chance to contend on a, on a consistent basis for a long time. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. All right, well, obviously the Mavericks are going to be something to pay attention to. Um Luca gave a press conference on Thursday morning in, I believe he was in Slovenia. Slovenia. Or, were, yep. were they in mm-hmm. Lithuania yet? He was in Slovenia for uh, national team training. They're going. Damn. They're going to Lithuania to have to try to qualify for the Olympics, um, and um, he 
seemed to feel bad that Donnie Nelson got fired, but he certainly didn't weep openly on the dais. So um, I think Luca is going to be a handful to deal with uh, because if you watch any Mavericks For opponents and coaches. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you watch any Mavericks game, he's cursing everybody out. So, you know, like uh, – uh, and look, guys, I've known Bob Volgaris for 10 years. I don't talk to him regularly. I don't pretend to know what was going on. Um, he does, he is a very, uh, he is very confident in his, um, in his, in his, uh, he runs people the wrong he's a, way. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a very smart, very confident guy who's not afraid to tell you how smart right. he is and yeah. how, you know, and he knows what's going on. Right. You know, by the way, if and he, he's, he, made he, lot, he, that's why he's made a lot of money gambling. <laughs> he also, he, he rubbed people the wrong way. And I think in, in some cases he was the fall guy. You know, uh, Rick's Rick's decisions uh, aren't popular. Well, hey, you know, this is what Bob suggested. This is what Bob, you know, Bob wanted. And, and it did get to be a perception with the players that Bob was was dictating lineups, rotations. I would say there's some pretty clear proof that Rick wasn't, you know, just following orders. Um, but there, there was that perception there. And then, you know, the Donnie... Bob Volgaris thing, just, you know, they, they weren't working together. They were kind of working against each other. Right. Okay. But um, I'm just saying like, he may curse out Bob Volgaris. He may curse out Donnie Nelson. He may, I'm talking about Luca. He may curse out Rick Carlisle. Watch Luca play a game. Guys cursing out everybody. He's cursing out the refs. He's He's cursing cursing out everybody. Every, every possession. For sure. He he runs hot. Just because Luca curses somebody out. Doesn't mean you know he wants them booted to the moon, um, and I think that's going to be key going forward. So we'll be watching that. Um, there's a bunch of fires everywhere else. Was that a was that a cryptocurrency joke? No, I don't know anything. I don't. Okay. I'm not in. Bulgaris you know, <laughs> can tell you about that stuff. Too, yeah, you know? he's very proud that's of Dan that Cuban. as well. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I I tell you what, I've lost half my stuff since I finally dipped my toes in there. Damn friggin' Bitcoin. No, it ain't Bitcoin. What is it? It's the uh, Ethereum or some crap? Whatever. That's another, that's another is, kind of coin. Good job. A, uh, this is not a financial podcast. We talk about the Because <laughs> um, I'm broke. There's a bunch of fires in the league right now, guys. And um, I really almost don't know where to turn, but I, I'm going to have to focus on the fire that's in Philadelphia. Um because, you know, so this podcast is going to go up on Friday morning. Philadelphia's season is in the is on the line. Um, uh, that performance that Philly had on Wednesday night was what I call a demon performance. Um, because when bad things happen or or when you're laying in bed uh, thinking about your failures in life. In other words, when the demons come, mm-hmm. that could be a situation that you think of. And as is... Tip- Seth Curry will be happy. He had 36. He did. Two more points than Josh Richardson scored in the whole uh, series for the Mavericks. They were traded for each other. Go on. And the guy who executed the trade got fired. Not, uh, you know... Um, who knows, who knows who would call for the trade, but the guy who executed it got fired. Um, 
there's a lot of people taking blame. In Philadelphia, Ben Simmons is getting absolutely killed. Um, Kyle Newbeck, who's uh, a columnist for the Philly Voice, um, Bon Temps, I want to get this right. I don't have it in front of me. He's he said, "Don't let Ben Simmons piss in on the court and tell you it's raining." Uh, like that was how vicious the stories were coming out of that. Ben Simmons hasn't, you know, scored in the fourth quarter, hasn't scored a basket in the fourth quarter in the last two games. So people are blaming blaming Ben Simmons. People are blaming um, who else are they blaming? Bon Temps. Doc's getting I mean, some of it. I, I mean, listen, it, it's Philly, so everybody's taking incoming. But th- this, Santa Claus this, too. Th- this, this is about Ben Simmons, and this is about the Ben Simmons Joel Embiid partnership. And tomorrow, tonight's game, you know, Friday night's game, game six in Atlanta. This game is a referendum on the Ben Simmons Joel Embiid partnership. And if they lose this game, it is just a matter of time until that partnership is over. I don't know if it's going to be in the next six weeks. I don't know if it's going to be in the next six months. I don't know if it's going to be the next 18 months. But at some point, this thing is going to end. Because the last three years, these guys have gotten in the playoffs, and they've had an excuse for why it's gone pear-shaped yeah. at the end. Three years ago, they played the Celtics, first time in the playoffs, super young team, got lost in five games to a you know a, an ex, a more experienced Celtics team that kind of showed them what it's like to play in the playoffs. Okay, natural thing. Young team has to move on up in the playoffs. The next year, they make the Jimmy Butler trade. They play a phenomenal series with the Toronto Raptors. Kawhi Leonard has this shot, you know, bounce 7,000 times on the rim, fall in. They lose in seven games. Can't really say anything wrong about that. Lose all-time classic series on a final shot, whatever. Yeah, last bad, year, bad cry face, though. Bad cry face. Well, that, that's fine. It was still it was still an all-time series. No, no shame in that. Last year, Ben Simmons hurts his knee, leaves the bubble. Brett Brown gets fired. Bring in Daryl Morey. Bring in Doc Rivers. Trade for Seth Curry. Trade for Danny Green. Optimize the roster around Ben and Joel. All season long, it's been... We've got to put Ben and Joel in the best position to succeed. You've got Doc Rivers saying Ben's the best defensive player in the league. Got, you got Doc you know, Rivers the spending camp- the whole year fedding. Whole year. Fedding. Whole year fedding Ben Simmons, yeah. telling anybody in Philly who said anything critical about Ben Simmons they were crazy. This guy's great. How dare you criticize this guy? How dare you don't look at him as an all-star? What do you, you don't see all the things that he does. In the fourth quarter of game four, Ben Simmons took no shots from the field. In game five, he took no shots for the field in the fourth quarter. So and dying this is the, about and they're Ben. they're dying on the vine out there. And they're dying on the vine. And yes, Joel Embiid is running out of gas in the second half of these games. He could be better down the stretch. Yes, Tobias Harris was bad in game five. Yes, Doc Rivers just has yet another unbelievable playoff collapse on his resume with this 26-point lead they lost or 24-point lead they lost in game five. It's incredible how these things keep happening. However, this is about Ben Simmons. And if they can't beat the Hawks, who, by the way, Ben Simmons is the guy that I was told by many people this year should be defensive player of the year. He probably mm. should be able to slow down Trey Young, the guy who they were supposed to shut down in the series, who, by the way, every time he's on the bench, has a leaning tower of peas on his shoulder and <laughs> is going out there and puts up 18 assists in game four to lead them from a come-behind victory. Then he had, I think it was 36-7 and seven in game five to lead them back to win that game when they outscore 40-19 in the fourth quarter. 
And by so, the way, Trey Young better be on the next ten All Star teams. Like we, well, we, yeah, we, we got to stop idea, doing this. Is Trey Young? No, Trey Young is legit. Look, it was it was absolutely absurd. He didn't make the All Star team this year. And look, at the end of the day, this this is all on Ben Simmons as much as it's on the Sixers. And if they lose this game tomorrow, and they lose this year or tonight, and they lose this series, he is going to be the fall guy. Because if you're choosing between Ben and Joel, I'm pretty sure. We know who people are going to choose, well, and it's yeah. not going to be the point guard with the shooting. Look, and this is a, it's a bigger thing, as you said all year long. They've been trying to, you know, Doc's been trying to build Ben up so that he make because I do think he gets down on himself. He's admitted that the, he's admitted during this series that the missed free throws were after getting, last after game five. You said it was a mental thing at the foul. Not good. I mean, I appreciate him being honest, but not good. But the situation here yeah. is just you know the, the Hawks are out there with Lou Williams and Trey Young as the two guards that they're finishing the game with. And, and Ben Simmons isn't attacking at thank all. Thank you. I mean, I, like, look, I'm not saying, but those guys were getting it done. I'm not, I'm, you know, Lou was having a Lou game and Trey was, you know, getting to the line 20 times. I mean. Those guys can get whatever they want done on offense. But you've got to punish. It shouldn't stop Ben Simmons from taking the ball and running down the lane. I mean, by the way, people try to compare this guy to Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm not saying Giannis is perfect. I'm not saying he's he always gets it done in the big moments. Giannis has had 30 and 10 every game, five out of six games <laughs> right. in the series. Yeah, he ben ain't flawless, but he is consistently pretty damn productive. Giannis has had 30 and 10 five games in the series. Ben Simmons has scored more than 20 points in a playoff game four times in his playoff career. Ben Simmons so, is more Draymond Green than he is Giannis. And look, Draymond is a hell of a player, but he is a complimentary star. He's he's and when not a franchise cornerstone. And when Draymond it, was well, and when Draymond was at his peak, he was shooting thirty. Like the year they won seventy three games, he shot thirty seven percent from three and was the best defensive player guys, in the league. Game seven, two thousand sixteen, he scored thirty two points in game seven. In game seven, the NBA Finals. That's right. Like I think yeah. he scored Again, thirty like, points once since. I think I looked it up. Maybe it was twice. I I, I mean, uh, either way, it's like this is on Ben Simmons. Like, hey, the, they, the Rockets be, told you he wasn't a franchise centerpiece. I mean, well, come on. Listen. I know you like giving the Rockets credit. They told you he's not a franchise centerpiece. When Daryl Morey really – hey, Daryl tried to trade him. He look, tried. The bottom, the bottom line here is if they lose this game, the, the, it's just a matter of time until Daryl does something with Ben Simmons. And I don't know if the right trade is going to come along this summer. And maybe they'll just figure this out next year and they'll do some other move and they'll win. But – they all the excuses will be gone if they. Well, you know, series. you know who I'm calling. The first call I'm making, trying to trade Ben Simmons. It's I'm calling Portland. I'm trying to get CJ McCollum. Of course. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're trying to get. That's yes, right. You're. I'm trying to get Dame Lillard. I'll probably settle yes. for CJ McCollum. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if the. I don't know if doing if the Ben for CJ makes uh, is the thing to put you over the top. But look, whatever it is, like the bottom line is. For all the excuses that have been given in Philly for why things haven't worked and why this this tandem is going to work, if they lose this series to the Hawks, those are all out the window because this was all set up for them. Their guys yeah. are healthy. I know Ben has, I know Joel has the knee injury, but Joel's playing and playing great, and they don't have to play the Bucks or, or Nets in the conference the finals. Two or three quarters. Well, listen, he still had thirty-seven points in Game Five. That should be enough. They had two guys score in the second half in the second half of Game Five. Even Seth Curry, well, two guys, twenty five points. Two guys make baskets. Two guys make baskets in the second half. Yeah, I mean that was wild. I, I mean, okay, let me, I mean, let me say a few things scary. here. One, that game was a freaking funeral down the stretch. Mm. Funeral. 
The, the crowd was completely out of it. There was nobody on the court who was willing to take up and fire the team up. The complete lack of leadership. And I'm going to tell you what it reminded me of. It reminded me of watching the freaking Clippers coming down the stretch in that bubble last year. Well, by the way, the Doc now has lost two 18-point leads in back-to-back games. Seems awfully familiar to games five and six last year against Denver when they lost two back-to-back well, double-digit leads. He's lost two 3-1 series where he's been up 3-1. And I know this wasn't 3-1, but this is this would be really, really bad. Really, really, really bad. Um, but I also want to say the Atlanta Hawks, almost no playoff experience. Uh, I know that they've got some guys that have some on their under their belt, but nothing as a team. They go in and play in the garden like they own the joint. And I know the Knicks didn't play well, and I know that they were an inexperienced team too, but they go in there and just completely were not afraid at all. Well, to McMahon's point earlier, who has raised their level in this playoffs in terms of people's opinion on around the league more than Trey? I don't remember. I think the answer is nobody. I don't remember a player who has raised his level in his first playoff his first playoff time like Trey has. I don't remember one in my time covering the league in twenty years. Yeah, I'd have to think long and hard. There's not one who just pops to mind. Um, behind and on the road, the resiliency that they have. And that they have shown. And like, here's the thing. I know that they lost DeAndre uh, Hunter and he's, you know, he's out. He's got it. He got injured. But like, take a look around, guys. They're the healthiest team. Now, Milwaukee's. Well, the healthiest, no, the healthiest team is Milwaukee. They're the healthiest well, team. Now, they might, they might not be the healthiest team in other respects, Milwaukee, but they're the healthiest lost a starter team. too, though. Milwaukee lost a starter. But I will say this if you're Milwaukee, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But you are going, our stars are healthy. Why can't we still win it? Yeah. Frankly. Um, but Atlanta. I mean, Phoenix is the healthiest if, if CP3 gets a couple negative, te- negative tests. Right. And when he does, let me know. Yeah. You know? Fair, fair, fair. Um, but, you know, Atlanta, it's a pretty damn big game for them, game six, because. I mean, I'm not going to count them out, especially the way Philly has played. But, you know, I don't think you want to try to try to win a game seven. But I'm glad it, I'm glad you've decided it's a big game for Atlanta to get to the conference finals by winning at home in game six. I know, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> Listen, I'm just as saying, long as, the, as long as they're down 15 to 20, 25, maybe by at halftime, I like their got team. Them right where they, guys, got them right where they want. Guys, 10 days ago, nobody was touching the nets, okay? 10 days ago. Yeah. Now – Atlanta can look themselves in the mirror and say we could be in the finals. Hmm. And look at that. Atlanta could Atlanta could win the title. Why could I mean why couldn't they win the title at this point? Look look at where we're sitting right now. I mean, you've got you've got injuries everywhere. It's things are a mess. I mean, if they get to the conference finals, who's to say they can't pull this off? Listen, I, mean, I pick I pick Knicks and six, so I'm not gonna I'm I'm gonna just pass on expressing uh my doubts. Um, All right. Well, okay. Sitting here, you know, I don't do predictions, but sitting here as we are right now, one uh, thirty-one a.m. Eastern on on Friday morning. If you had to pick a team to win the freaking thing, who are you picking? Uh, Phoenix. Uh, I 
I, I kind of want to say Milwaukee, but I don't, I don't, I have no idea. I mean, I guess Phoenix. I, I mean, I think Phoenix because they're the only team in the conference finals. <laughs> right. <laughs> like literally the only one. That's as good a reason as any. That's as good a reason yeah. as any. I mean, I said before this series that I thought that whoever won Nets Bucks would win the championship. I thought I would see a heck of a lot more of an impressive performance by either side. The Nets have obviously decimated by injuries. The Bucks have had their own have all sorts of issues beyond injuries, but yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, this I was I on the phone little- with I was on the phone with an executive earlier. We were kind of going through this. He asked me the same question: pick your favorite to win, and I, I ended up settling on Phoenix. And he he said, I think what my man said before. I don't think we've ever had a more wide open playoffs, but not in a good in, way. In, but, but not satisfying. Well, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not saying good or bad. I mean, it's just interesting. Like as of right now. I don't think I don't think anybody could feel great picking any team and saying I know they're going to win. Like you just in that uh, when have we ever been able to say okay, that well, in the NBA uh, with Game Seven of the Conference Finals? I'm going to say this: Milwaukee should, in my view, Milwaukee had a chance to win five of the six games in this series. It should be, it could be five-one right now, because yeah, no question. The only game that they've completely not been in is Game Two. And they've had, Technically, it could not be five to one, but go. Thank on. you, thank you. I'm well aware. Um, but, Man, here for the crypto and the math, <laughs> but <laughs> they're related. You know, Harden, <laughs> Harden and Kyrie exiting games. The huge momentum and health advantage to Milwaukee. Every single game in this series. Yep. And the Durant game where he goes for 49 in 48 minutes. And by the way, Jeff Green has arguably the best game of his career. I mean, I just think the best game. Okay. I mean, he, had, he went seven for eight from three, hit his first seven okay. threes at 27 points. And it's still a game. It's still a game in the final 30 seconds. And and it should have been tied with 50 seconds to go if Giannis catches a pass for a dunk. Okay. So right. my point is it took all of that to to be Milwaukee, um, you know, on the road. So, like, I mean, look, Durant could score 57 on Saturday. I, I'm not. I mean, I think if you're looking at it objectively, to your point, I think, like, I think the Bucks should be, the Bucks should expect to win this game. Like, if you're just looking at it from a neutral perspective, like maybe James Harden continues to get way better. I thought he was a lot better today. I know. And he was a game five. That's what I'm saying. The um, Bucks should, I mean, I know that they're probably feeling good about themselves right now. But I would be pretty upset that I'm not sitting there with my feet on ice waiting for Atlanta and Philly to screw to, to, to figure this out, yeah. considering everything that's happened. Um, and I'm going to say out west, uh, Donovan Mitchell's getting worse health. Yeah. I mean, I'm no doctor, but I watch basketball games. And a guy who's a recent slam dunk champion who can't jump, I think his ankles bothering him. Okay. Plus the way he, he cussed a lot in his post-game press conference and admitted that it was really a problem. All right. And now he's questionable. Right. Okay. So, I mean, I can't see him not playing. It's an elimination game, but yeah. I don't think he's right. And Mike Conley admitted kind of low-key yeah. that he had a setback to his setback. Mm-hmm. He already had a setback with the, to get the hamstring again. And then, then he sort of slipped in there that he had a setback to his setback. Mm. So, um, uh, 
to do about the Clippers. But, the, but hey, yeah, but the Clippers don't have Kawhi. I know. You, it's, you know yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this playoffs is just a mash unit across the board. So, and then here's who's, who's going to be left standing. Okay, so you wrote about this, Bontemps. So for Chris Paul, even though we've had there's vaccinations and there's been some changes and some rollbacks, if you test positive for COVID, the rules still are the rules. Back-to-back yeah. negative tests or 10 days after the, the cessation of symptoms. Am I correct in saying that? Or, or well, it's it's 10 days if no symptoms or 10 days after symptoms. Uh, and then there's a day or two of warm-up plus a cardiac screen. Okay. So, I mean, realistic, if, if, if the rules have stay the same, which I, I don't think they've changed, uh, that would mean that, again, depending on what day he tested positive officially, et cetera. I mean, you're talking about I believe he at tested earliest, positive the, Monday. Well, whatever, whatever day it was, you're talking the middle of next week, okay. which would mean a couple games of the series. Okay. Yeah. Minimum. So, and by the way, has anybody, do you know, I mean, I'm sure there has been, but do you know of anybody who actually got the two negative tests and didn't have to wait that 10 days? I don't, they, but that, every, I don't know off the top of my head, but I don't, right. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, like I, and I know that we don't know because guy, because this is a breakthrough infection post-vaccination and you hopefully doesn't have symptoms and he's fine, but it's almost everybody's had to go the 10 to 12 days, almost everybody. Right. So as, as far as I'm aware, so let, let, seriously, let's just game it out. Let, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's 10 days and Monday was the first day. Let's say the Clippers win on Friday night, and in Game One is Sunday. Then he, then he could theor- Then maybe he could play in Game Three, which would be next Thursday. Okay, maybe. Maybe. Right. So that ain't great. <laughs> Although they're either going to get a limping Jazz team that had to play seven, or they're going to get Kawhi-less Clippers because Kawhi's got a sprained ACL. He's not coming back for the conference finals. Right. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Again, I'll go back to who's who's in the best. Well, plus, listen, I'm with Phoenix still as a longtime campaign believer. That, <laughs> you know, the the campaign manager. Um, I am fully on the Phoenix no, bandwagon. Phoenix, Phoenix Suns and Four, pretty. Suns and Four. If you don't like it, I will I will oh, grab you by your neck and uppercut you about six times. <laughs> Suns and we've, Four. We've, we've seen in these playoffs that you can't. You the, the last thing you should do is uh, assume you haven't figured out, but certainly. The Suns are sitting pretty. 
I mean, to get a week off, even with this Chris news, to get a week off at this point with two wounded teams coming in, whoever they whoever they get out of the series, and getting no days off, by the way, they're either going to they're gonna play two days after the series is done, yeah. like you said, either Sunday or Tuesday. It's like there's going to be some sort of a break. Um, you know, and then in the East, again, you've got Joel with a messed up meniscus and Danny Green out. You've got Trey Young uh, with a messed up shoulder. You've got, you know, Dante DiVincenzo is even out for the Bucks. Like, they're all injured, too. It's not like everybody's got issues. Yeah, and, the Nets have, so let's just, and the Nets have Duran and these guys in the walking zombies. So like, I mean, it's like, if this was a movie, you know, if this was a movie right now, we would see Trey Young, like, you know, it'd be like a montage. Trey Young is like staring at film in his house. Joel Embiid is in his hotel room in Atlanta with his ice wrapped in, in, uh, in, 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 with his knees, knees wrapped in ice. Ben Simmons is listening to motivational tapes. Um, Donovan Mitchell is getting like, um, you know, stim treatment throughout the night on his ankle. Mike Conley is, you know, on some rack trying to stretch out his hamstring. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is um, staring at the wall, you know, whatever. And, you know, Paul George is, you know, trying to, you know, do some mantra to get rid of, get keep playoff P. And then you see the Suns and Devin Booker is just sleeping in his bed very comfortably. Um You'd think that there is something to that, but I would say uh, that Devin, Devin Booker's taken one of those low riders for a spin. <laughs> he has he's, he's got some cool rides. He's uh, you guys used to get Low Rider magazine, didn't you? No, really. I I've heard of Low Rider magazine, but I did not get it. When I, it, it when it's I no longer it published. Was, you know, um, I uh, we we skip past it a little bit, but and it, obviously you guys talked about it after Game Five, but I just got to say, as a basketball fan. It is uh, very great to see two years after last week, two years two years ago last week, we were you know, Winhorse and I were in Toronto for that game five when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. And to see Kevin Durant playing like this in the playoffs and playing forty eight minutes and are and having forty nine points, and even tonight, like he had thirty two points on thirty shots, but every time he shoots, I expect him to make it. And he made just com- some completely insane shots. It is uh it is awesome as a basketball fan to see this guy back playing like this again because well, he is, is just awesome. absolutely devastating to watch the, score yeah the 48 minutes was kind of cringy but boy the performance uh, again that like dude he now he scored 49 in that game and it's a shame he missed the free throw he should have had 50 but what he grabbed 17 rebounds yeah. you know 17 10 assists. rebounds 10 assists. he was a dominant defensive presence like i really yeah. don't know that i've ever seen a better all-around playoff performance and, and it was unbelievable. And so in tonight's game, he he scored 32. He went 15 to 30, which felt like a bad game, but really was still 50% pretty good. And I'd like to say, well, the Nets knew they didn't have it tonight, and so they packed it in and mm. they saved it. But guess what? He and Harden still played 40. And that's the thing I'm, you know, that Mike D'Antoni influence, baby. <laughs> that's the thing I'm worried about with Embiid really at this point is that, you know, he's playing every other day and yep. I am, I mean, the guy was dragging his leg up and down the court in game four. He comes back for game five and is great. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. But he ran out of gas and I'm wondering like, how is Embiid handling this every other day going forward here? Dude, Clint Capella put him on that rope-a-dope, uh, that rope-a-dope defense. Let him punch himself out Clint, in the first Clint few Capella. rounds. 
Luke Capella, another guy who's had a coming out party in the playoffs by uh, with his comments in the media. I mean, saying after game four, uh, yeah, B gets tired. So just let him, uh, let him Cap- tire himself out. Capella popped off some when he was in Houston. No, oh, I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he hasn't done Warriors. it in the past. I'm not saying he hasn't done it in the past, but he uh, he's certainly going out of his way to do it right now. And like you said, I mean, you come out in game five and the same thing well, but, happened. But, but I mean, it's been funny to see. It's also an insult to, to Ben Simmons, too, because they're saying that our goal is just it's to, all about, is yeah. to tire and beat him because we know he doesn't have support. It's all about Ben Simmons. No, it's, it's an all insult, about Ben Simmons. It's an insult to Seth Curry. They're they're number two offensive option. Well, you know, I you know I, I covered them the last round, and after Joel went down, they won the series. They 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 finished off the series going to Seth Curry as ball handler, and I you know the other night when um, when they lost game. Uh, was it game four? They what game did they lost when Joel blew the layup at the end? Was that game, game four? Game four, game four. Yeah, the the zero for twelve second half. They, I mean, they they ran up. You know, Doc called the play for Joel, and he ends up getting a point blank layup. And he probably runs the play for Joel a hundred times in a row. Because Joel probably makes it ninety times, even if he's zero yeah. for eleven. But I said to Bontemps, I go, you know, I I might if I were them, I might have gone to a Seth Curry. Tobias Harris pick no, and roll, and you were and you were but and you were insane. I know, but I wasn't because Joel Embiid was wide open at the rim for a layup, but and I wasn't, he missed it. I wasn't like Dude. seriously saying that, but I, but I actually think that Seth Curry is a good option for them. Right, sure, Seth Seth played great for them, but the, again, like they got a wide open layup at the rim. But Just here's the thing: it. he didn't only miss it; like he missed the entire rim. I, I, it was unbelievable. I'm not like that was, he he was, missed a one foot shot by three feet. That is difficult. I, it it was wild. It was wild. I mean, it it's. I was. It, I again. I was talking to the executive earlier. We were talking about this Philly series, and, and they said, you know, this this keeps happening to Doc Rivers' teams. And I watch these games, and I don't really think Doc's doing anything that wrong in them. And then all of a sudden, this is we're in the same situation again. And it's it's just it's unbelievable that this keeps happening to his teams, right. and it's just like. Change the teams, change the players, same result. Before so it's wild. Before we wrap on this, I, I really want to spend a little bit of time on 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 Clippers Utah. Um, McMahon, you're covering that series. I, I have thrown up my hands on the Clippers. I, I, uh, they're absolutely yeah. confounding to me. They're absolutely confounding to me. They had you, you guys have listened to this podcast you know how i felt about their tanking at the end of the year i thought mm-hmm. it was completely classless yet got poku one second team all rookie vote though <laughs> poku's playing on the serbian uh, national team this summer watch out he's gonna he, they don't need Jokic. okay um i'm joking um they have two character wins in these playoffs that are as impressive as you'll see. The game six in Dallas, which I know was a Kawhi game, oh, but their yeah, but their whole team that was a character win. Honestly, I thought game three in Dallas when they're down thirty to eleven. Yeah, agree. They're down two zero in the series, okay. and then they get I mean, back. Look, they were down. I mean, look, so they were I, down. How they, they were down. Th- they were down two zero in both series, and they were a combined uh, seven and one after going down two zero okay. in the two series. I'm, I'm being serious here. How the hell? So, and then they have this game in Utah, where not only do they lose Kawhi, and 
And, you know, it's a, it's a significant injury guys. I don't, I, I mean, it's an ACL injury. Yeah. Okay. Like that's a gut punch because, you know, you've won two games in a row. You feel good about your chances. You lose your star. And they come out and the Jazz hit 10 three-pointers on them in the first quarter. And are only up one but at the end of the quarter. Exactly. And so I'm saying, like, talk about character. And I mean, I know Paul George played great, but their whole team. So Well, listen, you knew this from his World Series heroics back in the 70s, but Reggie Jackson is absolutely proving to be a cojones factor force in, in this postseason. He has hit so many big shots. Marcus Morris Sr., there, you know, he's going to mix in the occasional one for 10, but he's hit a bunch of big shots. Uh, you know, they, they've had role players that have had huge games, and, you know, that, uh, that goes a long way. How am I supposed to evaluate this team? Are, I now look at them and go, look at this – Look at what they've done. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to. I seriously, I'm, a, I'm at a loss for what, for what they're doing. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm telling you, and, and, I, and, I don't like the Jazz's health right now. No, no, Donovan at, at best again, is, another, be... another, another, another huge prediction when we we've been talking about how Donovan Mitchell get jump. Yeah, Donovan uh, is, is he's he's how can a we ground like anybody's health right now. Everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt everywhere. But oh. you know, there's no excuses though. The Jazz, even with a no, little Donovan not. Mitchell, Mike Conley in street clothes, like no Kawhi on your home court. They had you know, so sorry. There, 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 there's no sympathy there. And look, Paul George, I think has earned a lot of uh, a lot of heat. Right, sure. With with his performance and with some of his comments, but dude, all the pressure was on Paul George going to that, that was, game, and that was he a hell of a performance. was spectacular on both ends. He was fantastic. Everything you could ask for in Game Five, every single thing. I mean, so now what? So so now what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the Clippers should be favored to win the series. They should win Game Six. They should. Doesn't mean they will. Yeah, but they should. I know, man. I know. Um, Reggie Jackson shooting. What'd you tell me, Bontemps? Fifty-seven percent in this series. Well, th- that has been the story of that series. Is Reggie Jackson? You know who? You know it, I have joked about. If he's your third most important player, you're in trouble. Um, he he has been just absolutely lights out for them in not in both the Dow series I mean, and this right. series. Rajon Rondo. I mean, I'm looking at, I'm looking it up. That's why I'm pausing a little bit. Rondo he, was he's shooting 57 in this series. He's shooting no, Rondo 57. Got on the floor last night. I know, but long. after he was deactivated. <laughs> yes. He's Reggie Jackson is scoring 16 points a game. He's shooting 57% from the field and he's shooting 15 for 29 from three. Good guys. I mean, by the way, this is a guy that like nobody wanted. Yeah. Minimum. The, the Nick Batum, a guy nobody wanted. He's had, you know, he's the had Pistons some really who who lead the league game. in buyouts. Nobody buys out people like like the Pistons. Go all the way back to Josh Smith, Reggie Jackson. Are they still paying Josh Smith? No, I think it's up this year. I think I think the last checks have been administered, but they're going to be paying Blake Griffin for a while. <laughs> and um, and uh, you know, bought out from the Pistons. Nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him after he 
Um, I mean, man, just, you know, I, he did have some playoff moments with the Thunder back in the day. It was one of the reasons why the Pistons went and got him because they thought he was an undervalued player because he's playing behind Russ. He bailed their ba- he bailed out their bacon in a, in a series against the Grizzlies. Um, yes. Um, By the way, though, but this is a guy. Forget nobody won him before we got to the Clippers. Do you know how many points he scored in that seven game series against the Nuggets last year? Well, I, I scored, have it right here. I mean, the he guy, scored three points in the series, and they re-signed him, and they re-signed him like. In mid-December, when he had no other, I, I mean, I don't know, I, I haven't researched it, but I can't imagine he had many other options. So they signed, they signed him on December first, started training camp. Okay, well, whatever. I'm saying it wasn't like um, he first day of, of free agency. He was, you know, batting away calls. Um. You know, I will say it's about Ty Lu. You know, say what you will about um, Doc Rivers, and his, you know he's got a bit of a track record where his team sort of erode. Say whatever you want about Ty Lu. Um, his teams get better his, as they go along. His team, you know, <laughs> the Cavs. Yeah. The Cavs were. I mean, okay, they won the they won the finals three one, down three one. Everybody remembers that. But trust me, there were other series where they were in trouble, man. Um, and Ty Lu, I believe, in fact, I know, is three and zero as a head coach in Game Seven. And yep. hey, has, give Ty Lu, give Ty Lu two games of a series to figure things out. I don't give a damn if he loses them both. He's gonna get. He's gonna figure them out. I mean, it helps to have LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. I agree. Uh, that that'll that'll make anybody look good. Um, but but uh, he didn't have Kawhi that last night. And the and the game plan that he has developed on the Jazz on Donovan. Uh, pulling Gobert out of the paint, trapping you know Donovan, forcing him, it's working. Yeah, and and obviously he it, it helps that Donovan's ankle has gotten progressively worse. They had no answers for him early in the series, and obviously um, no Conley hurts. And then yes, and then not having Conley as another playmaker, as a shooter, you know, as another guy who honestly as their best pick and roll guy. Yeah, so that that all is a factor, but. So is Ty Lue's game planning, and so is Ty Lue's, you know, kind of figuring out what the rotation is that, that works against these guys. Now, the last thing I'm going to say before we go to bed is this. Just as a reminder of how fragile the NBA is. Before yesterday's – yesterday, it's like two days ago now, but before the Jazz and Clippers played game five in Utah and before the um, – the jazz fans got to see that their star player was dragging his leg a little bit. They were looking at Kawhi Leonard is out and Chris Paul is out. Yeah. And if you can, if you can win two games in three days, you may be able to play the conference finals without Chris Paul for two or three games. I mean, if there's a been a better blood in the water situation for the Utah jazz in their history, I'll listen to it because Back when they had, for sure. Back when they, well, I would say place. when that pizza was delivered to Jordan's <laughs> hotel room, boy, they had them. <laughs> right, um, but it was still Jordan on the other side, and the other side of the Nevada border. Oh, oh, the other side of the hotel door. I'm sorry. <laughs> now all of a sudden, they. 
what is that? What's that town west Wendover you can get to from Salt Lake? Um, all, and all of a sudden it's like it's like wait a minute we, we're in big trouble and that's just that's that's this that's this playoffs little fire. Well, speaking of speaking of that before like what do we think is going to happen in this game set on Saturday? Before we go, um, I ain't betting against Kevin Durant. I, I agree. I mean, I I mean, how could I mean? Like on one hand, I I think the Bucks should have won five of the six games. On the other hand, they haven't won five of the six games. And the other team's got yeah. Durant and Harden looked better tonight. Harden moved better, looked better. He yeah. was lighter on his feet. Um, and Harden's got a long track record of really showing up when his team's uh, <laughs> elimination. Well, you know, he had 16 points tonight, but he could very easily have 24. I Listen, I will say this. Like, I know his numbers weren't pretty. And that KD, uh, KD a Palooza game, but man, Harden played forty six minutes on one leg, couldn't move, couldn't shoot, and still contributed to a win. That that that's pretty impressive. Oh, listen, it was impressive. He was out there at all. It was incredible. And look, like it was incredible. Harden, he, I said in the story that he was wearing a hundred dollars worth of Kinesio tape on his leg. I mean, I've never seen so much tape on a guy's leg. I mean, it was amazing he did mm-hmm. that. Um, but I have to waving off the double team saying Giannis can't post me up. Go ahead, shoot that ugly little fadeaway. Hey, he was he was right too. Uh, I mean, look, look, the, at this point we're talking about the the Nets playing every other day. These guys playing 45, 46, you know, Durant's case of game five, 48 minutes. You want to say that the much healthier Bucks team should win, but like you said, yeah. it's hard. It's just how can you how can you say how can you bet against Durant the Bucks, finding a way to figure this out? The Bucks stars are healthy. And by the way, tonight, yeah. Giannis had 30. Middleton had 38. That's 68. Drew Holiday had 21. I think they scored as many points as the Nets. They had, they had 89 points and the Nets had 89. Okay, so their stars are He's healthy. Kevin Durant. You know who he is. He's Kevin Durant. And if you're, right. and if you're Atlanta, you're saying, what if Durant is gone and the Nets are gone and we can get one more win? Man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We could go on, but but we're not. Uh, thanks to Jackson for staying up late. Um, we'll talk to you next week, and who the hell knows what we'll be talking about. <laughs> Adios, amigos.